Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. We just had a funny moment. So, of course, now you can watch this on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube channel. But we were, you know, in pose mode. Ta-da! We have a guest today, of course. Taylor, what's up? Um, We have Michael Kasak here. And we're going to talk about how to overcome adversity when so much is out of your control. And I know this is a very relatable subject right now. So welcome. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do it. Excited to have you on. Yeah. So I'm dying to know what made you pick this subject. Yeah. You know, I've, um, I recently went through, I was one of um, the 12,000 that were impacted by the Google layoffs. And, you know, I've been a, a lifelong TA, career long TA professional. And I've, you know, this was the first time that I had been laid off, um, you know, working in a company like Google, you you sometimes attach yourself to the company and you yeah. become the, that persona. And so, you know, when it happens, um, it was, it was tough. Um, and, and so I feel really good about the process that I put myself through. Um, and I feel like I have handled it in a way that I'm proud of. And so I wanted to share, you know, the, especially to be vulnerable and say, you know, it sucked. It was, um, I mean, I remember, I still remember to this day, you know, logging on and access denied. And um, I had read some articles before I have a routine in the morning where um go on CNBC and I, you know, read Google layoffs. And as soon as I saw access denied, I was like, holy shit, I just got laid off. So that's how you found out. That's how I found out. That's how I found yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just remember talking to myself and saying, okay, there is, this is, this is what happened. It is time to process this and make sure that you are getting yourself in the right, in the right mindset. There's nothing I can do right now that's going to change this outcome, but I just got dealt some really shitty, a really, really shitty hand, but I can still control how I play that hand. And so I went into this mindset of, okay, I'm going to give myself 24 hours of why me, you know, what the hell just happened, you know, all of that stuff. I'll, I'll kick the curb for a little bit, but 24 hours. And after that, it was, it, it's time to, to get my mind right and, and start to channel my emotions in a way that I'm going to be proud of when I look back, because mm-hmm. a lot of people get caught up in the emotion of what's going on. And they forget that you're setting a, you're, you're still in this mode of, of you know, your character is how you're defined, not your job, right. not right. your job title, not like your character, whether that's good times or bad times, your character has to stay in a place that you're proud of. And so I just kept, you know, thinking back. I mean, I, I became my own therapist. I was like, all right, you know, you have to look back on this, pro- this process. You have to look back on this situation and be proud of how you handled it. And so, you know, I'm, 
definitely, you know, it's, it, it was one of the most difficult things I've been through in my career. Yeah, sure. But, um, you know, I just looked at it as a challenge. I looked at it as something that, you know, it was, it was new, it was different. And I, in a weird way, I embraced it. And I said, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat this and I'm not going to let this control, you know, the next chapter or how I go about finding that next, um, next opportunity. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, adversity, we all go through it. We all yeah, do. 100%. There is not one person that, that doesn't go through it. Some people go through it in public. Some people go through it in private. Some people go through it personally, careers, all of the above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remember that you're not special because you're going through adversity. No one is, you know, you're, you're not a, alone, Yeah. but how you handle it is the most important part. It ha- yeah. It's how it, it defines you. And I, yeah. I love that. So just a couple of guys. To, to, so for the listeners here is, first of all, time, like you gave yourself a time limit. So it's yeah. like, yes, grieve, love wine, yeah. you know, feel what wo- was me, all of those yeah. things. But that this is how long you can do it for. Yeah. Because, you know, I think um, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, crying, crying is looked at as you're weak or, you know, yeah. all those things. It's not. It's you're yeah. accepting your emotions so you can move forward. It's actually not processing it. Is yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I I've, I found some good sounding boards. I found some people that were in my inner circle that I could vent and that I could, you know, talk to about how I was feeling in a very raw way. And I trusted them. And so, you know, it allowed me to, to get all of that out within that time period. So then I can channel my emotions and channel my energy toward positive things. Yeah. And that's remaining in a positive mindset, which by the way, it's its own separate ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, we, like I said, we all go through stuff and, you know, it's some is harder than others, but how you handle it and um, the mindset that you keep yourself in is it's important to, to keep your mind sharp and to, you know, stay on top of your game no matter what. Yeah. So a question for you. Um, so did going through this experience that you've gone through, um, I've obviously looked at your, like Jess said, we were stalking you. Um, so I've seen your background, very impressive background. Did going through this process, did it change the way you would approach this situ- any situation? Um, I'm trying to be really vague here, but any situation moving forward, did it change your perception? Did it change the companies that you'd like to work for moving forward? Did anything change having been experienced what you did, the way you did access denied, all of that? Like, did any of that change for you? You know, that's a great question. Um, Wow, that is a really great question. I would say what changed is I am so much more aware now of, and I've, I've unfortunately been on the other side and, and I've always, always been empathetic and I've always wanted to, um, to make sure that all of all, anybody that works for me with me that that I care deeply about them but it really did change my perception of what the other person is truly going through and mm-hmm. you know it's funny because they I, I've been trained well in my career and and you're you know as an HR professional you're taught you know the laws and the policies and the guardrails that you stay in to be honest with you I I feel like I've widened those guardrails now because there is more empathy that, that needs to be given. There is, um, you know, now I'm in the, I'm in the scenario of I'm, I'm looking for my next opportunity. And so as a candidate, I am 
eyes wide open as to the experience that I'm getting and talking to some of these companies. And I have run the gamut as far as some amazing conversations and people to some really like lackluster, just poor execution, poor communication. And so it's really allowed me to take a step back and do an inventory of, okay, all of that training, all of those laws and policies and everything that I've um, been through, is there tweaks that I need to make? And and the answer is yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you cannot be empathetic enough. You really have to meet people where they are and you have to understand where they are in particular. It's not a one size fits all. And so, you know, it's allowed me to, you know, really take a deep understanding of that. So great question. I'm super glad I had that think through that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I I've been through a layoff before. It was obviously like just a long time ago and not not what people are experiencing right now. So I consider myself fortunate, but it's I think when you go through things like that, it changes you a little bit. And so I was just curious to know it I would hope that it would change anybody and it would change yeah. the way that you you know you approach people, your perspective. And I think you what you said just gave me chills of meeting people with where they're at, like where they're yeah. at. You cannot yeah. have enough empathy. I thought that was really powerful. Um, Cause I think oftentimes when you haven't been in those situations for a while, you can think you're empathetic, but until you feel it and you go through it yourself to say exactly to your point, you can't have enough empathy for people. That exactly. Are in that situation. Exactly. So um, go ahead, Brianna. No. Yeah. Yeah. So you said something that, uh, you know, really resonates with me. So how you said you, t- you attached yourself, your identity, your success um, to a company. And yeah. um, I also, you know, like uh, before I had techies, like, I mean, my license plate was techies, right? So yeah. when I sold techies, I was like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I had to move forward. I had to move on. I haven't, you know, other companies, other employees, um, colleagues, stuff like that. And so how do you moving forward in your next opportunity? How do you not attach your success? Yeah. Wow. You guys, Great question. You guys come strong. No, this is awesome. I love it. No, I love it. Um, So first of all, it is so easy to fall into that. um, You, 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 when you join a company and, you know, you get the swag and you hear the value props and especially as a recruiter, you know, you're selling, you know, you're selling your company and you get lulled into this romantic relationship with Mm. your, your company. And it's important to realize that experience, especially public traded companies, it's not your company. You work for that company. And mm-hmm. the, you'll hear some people within the company say the word family. To me, I, I, that's where I would stop short. And, and, and I know that that may sound, you know, cliche or whatever, but, and it's really easy to say, oh, we're all one big family. It, it's not like my family is on a whole other echelon they're they're they are they are the number one priority in my life the company that i work for will be a priority but it will not it will not pale in comparison to how i feel about my family and so what i would say is i i you have to consciously go through all of that and remember that hey this is my work and yes i could like the hell out of my company i could you know you could even love your company but there is a line that you you have to stay conscious of and you have to understand that it is a business. And, you know, I will, again, fully admit whenever, whenever I 
was offered the opportunity to work for Google, it was a proud moment. And, you know, I got my Nugler hat and, you know, my family was, I was so proud that I worked for Google and, you know, what a great brand. And yes, it's still, you know, it's a great company, but it, again, looking back on it, I I think I let that define me too much. Mm -hmm. And if I had to do it all over again, I think I would have been more in like with the organization. And and this isn't just Google, you know, this is PayPal and, and Capital One. I mean, amazing companies. I would have been in total like, but I would have known where kind of those boundaries are. And, you know, again, it doesn't, it doesn't change how I work. It doesn't change the passion that I have for my job. Hmm. It just keeps me grounded. It keeps my priorities in order. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really important to do and, and to, you know, I, when I use the word conscious, it really has to be, it has to be because you can, mm. you can get romanticized so easily because as a recruiter, that's what you do. You're, you're selling your company, you're selling the opportunity and, and, you know, you're seeing the best parts of your company and you're sharing them, you know, with everyone. And so, you know, you can, you can get caught. Mm. That is yeah. like. I hear you. I feel you. And I agree. But that is like, seems almost near impossible. I mean, I know nothing possible, but what's I, I, I'm just kind of like having those little moments. I'm like, God, but you spend way more time with your yeah. family, your colleagues. And I mean, you know, our, our company's small. So it's like, we yeah. do get very involved and invested and we yeah. feel like a part of the team because God, it's like, you know, I talk to my family like once every three weeks or so, you know, depending on, on, on the member and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. And so it's really easy to romanticize all of that. Yeah. And here, I'll give you an example of just how I exercised it in my head. You know, and coincidentally, today is my daughter's eighth birthday. And birthday. I've, yeah, her name, okay. her name is Giada. She is amazing. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I've always thought about is I've had some, some great job titles in my career. I've been very fortunate, but the one title that I will always have that you will never be able to take away from me. That's the most important is dad. And so that is what I mean by just making sure that you don't lose your identity through a company and through, through that job title, you know, the, the, the title of dad and husband is something that is, you know, again, completely, I I just, that, that is the number one priority and something that'll never be taken away. Mm, okay yeah. now when you related it to that now i totally understand where you're coming from because i was thinking my brother sister mom dad stuff like that you know like i guess on a, on a wider spectrum um but when you talk about the kids and i'm like oh, okay i got you I got yeah you. <laughs> you know there's there's a there's a responsibility and an emotion that you just it's hard to explain mm-hmm. and and so that's that's the separation at least for me that's the separation yeah it's really like brianna said it seems so impossible especially i think about like us working here we're so small we're just we talk to each other all day every day but the reality is is like you can love a business and love a company but it doesn't love you back you know and it's not the people in that work in the company that don't love you back necessarily but exactly if economic conditions or if the business you know decides if you decide to close or whatever sell whatever the case is that's where i say it doesn't love you back like there's so many factors that can influence whether you're still working for that company or not that have nothing to do with the people in the company, you know? That's a that's a great point, Taylor. I mean, you know, whenever I, I talk to my former boss and some of my former colleagues, you know, they're distraught about, you know, uh, about everybody that was impacted. And, and you're right. They're not in control. 
And yeah. you know, it's a lot of times it's the investors, it's the shareholders, it's people that are so far out of your control that are dictating the direction of the company. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Michael, we're going to, you cut out for a little bit. If you could just say that oh, one more time, we'll go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was saying, um, you know, uh, there are a lot of times where, you know, you have to understand what is in control. So I talked with my former boss and my former colleagues at Google, and they were distraught at, at all of the people that were impacted. And they really, it was, it was horrible, but it wasn't in their control. And a lot of times it's in the control of the investors, the shareholders and people that are, you know, way outside of, of your threshold of, of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, again, are you overcoming that of what's out of your control? Because in, in my mind, I'm just thinking that's emotional intelligence, right? You're not triggered yeah. by other people. Yeah. You take responsibility for how you react and how you mm -hmm. respond. But it's easier said than done. So what, what kind Absolutely. of tips do you have? So first things first is, you know, I, I talked earlier about, you know, having that inner circle. You yeah. make sure that you have people that you trust and that you can share your raw emotions with and they're not going to judge you and they're going to either give you good advice when you when you want it or they're just going to listen mm -hmm. and if, if if you have to be careful on on who you talk to i mean yeah. it's I, and i mean linkedin is a great example it has become just this it, it's almost a morgue for recruiting not like the oh, wow. the layout i mean it's just it's so depressing to go on there and see such yeah. amazing talent. I mean, these are people that didn't, they're victims of circumstance. Again, these, yeah. this, these layoffs that have been happening in tech, victims of circumstance. And so to see what they're all going through and, and, and they're venting and again, for each their own, but it's, to me, you have to know who your audience is when you start to get raw, because yeah. you want, you want to hear back from people that, that, they know you, they know what's going on mm -hmm. inside of you and what you're thinking. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to have that inner circle. Um, and it's important, like I said, be your own therapist, talk yourself through what is actually happening and don't overthink anything. Um, I'm an overthinker and I got some, I got some really great advice and I don't want to, um, I, I want to make sure that I don't take credit for this, but I um, had the opportunity of, to meet um, a, uh, I forget the title that they use, but he was basically the mental performance, um, in charge of mental performance for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Major League Baseball team. And he gave me some really, really good advice because we, we were talking about, you know, wow, you know, a baseball player, most of the time that they go up to bat, they fail, you know, getting a hit three out of 10 times is considered amazing. So how do you prepare them for, for failing? And how do you get them mentally prepared to go into scenarios like that and to perform at that level? And, and one of the things he said to me really resonated. He said, you know, every time you think about something negative that could happen, immediately you have to incorporate the complete opposite that could happen. So if you're thinking, wow, I'm going to, maybe I'm going to go strike out. Think, no. Okay. I'm going to go hit a home run. This is bad. Or, you know, so anytime you get in a scenario where something you, you, you overthinking on the negative side, do the opposite and think about what could happen if the, if the, the absolute positive happened. And then what you do is you kind of create this spectrum and aim for the middle of the spectrum. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've always, I've always tried to find that, that middle ground. 
Um, another great piece of advice is, you know, when something amazing happens, yes, celebrate it, be happy, but be careful not to go too far high, not to go too high because, and the same applies when something low happens. Yeah. Yes. It sucks. It, you know, you get down, but be careful not to go too low. Try to stay in that, you know, you're going to have your bumps. You're going to have your bumps up yeah. and down, but, but try to stay within that, you know, that realm of, of, of the middle ground so that you're not constantly on this roller coaster ride of everything is perfect. Oh my gosh, everything is horrible. Everything like it's exhausting if you get on that ride. And so, you know, th those are a couple of things that I think through and, and I just stay top of mind when, when going through things like this. Mm -hmm. Go. I love, I was going to say, I love what you said about the middle of the spectrum, because I think it's like, you know, there's, optimist there's pessimists and yes. then I feel like there's realists you know yes. and I I feel like I'm kind of that person in the middle that's how but some people perceive it as like I'm kind of pessimistic because I'm always like oh I don't I'm not going to celebrate yes. that yet till it's real but I think that's such good advice of like don't get too high don't get too low try to stay somewhere in the middle try to stay just realistic um and I think I love what you said that that wh whatever the title was which is actually an interesting title um yeah the Tampa Rays coach said, yeah that's very really uh the mental performance yeah that's crazy that's cr I love that they have a coach for that which is also fascinating to me that they have a coach for that but yeah. I, I didn't even know that existed but I think that yeah everything that we do is mental right it's driven by that and I think that's really really good advice of like don't go too high don't go too low realistic um so you talked a lot about the process that you put yourself through the 24 hours um to really grieve to think about what happened so then what do you do from there? You said you talk to people in your network, then kind of give us the steps of what your process has been. Yeah. You know, you, um, you know, I, I, this is kind of my, I think my overarching comment, which is you be yourself. You, you, you let things happen naturally mm -hmm. and organically. And so when you start to network, when you start to talk with, with people and, and, and you are yourself and you're honest and you're transparent then what you see is you find whether it's the next career opportunity, the next whatever it is that you're searching for, you want that to meet you while you're moving towards that in a very organic way. If you try to mm -hmm. force things to work, if you try to control everything, it's going to become counterproductive. I have seen it time and time again, especially with job seekers, they'd go in and they will either read a job description or they'll talk to somebody and they're immediately thinking, okay, I want to become this job description. What can I say? What can I do that makes me mm -hmm. look like this job description? Or what, what does this person want me to say in this scenario? And what you're creating is this, this false marriage of, mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of people that get into a job and they're like, oh my God, I hate it. I can't believe, you know, why did I take this job? And if you do a postmortem, go back and, and, were you your authentic self? Were you honest and truthful about what your passions are, what you like, what your non-negotiables are? And if you compromise too much, you're going to end up in a scenario that's unhealthy for you, unhealthy for the employer, you know, unhealthy for the, the, the relationship that you're in. And so, you know, a lot of it is just letting things happen naturally. And I am not a patient person. I am a very, very impatient Amen. person. <laughs> oh, and a lot of companies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
And so it's really hard to be patient, but you have to know when you are done controlling everything that you can control and then let the rest of the process take its course. And you know, whether you're on an interview, whether you're networking, you do everything that you can to control and, and share what you have to offer, but the rest has to be up to someone else. And you have to be willing to give that control up and let it happen. And if it's and if it's a and if it's a no, if it's a you know not this time, you've got to then go back and start that process all over again. And it is so much easier said than done, but that's that's how it works. And if you if you try to force it, I promise it's going to be counterproductive. Uh, agreed. I think people force things because they become desperate. So, and I think that's the really hard part. Again, easier said than done. You know, I, I have this bill, I have this kids, I'm a single parent, whatever the situation is, right? You know, living paycheck to paycheck and you start to feel. And yeah. so we have to train. And I think that's just why recruiting is just so powerful. And we not, don't talk about it a lot, but we're career therapists at that point, right? Yes. So we are trying to on the other side, and this is where empathy comes into play and trying to coach them through it. But if you believe in like, you know, manifesting the universe and like, you know, it, yeah. it all kind of corrects itself and the positive mindset can set you free, then I agree. You can be your authentic self. And I think people are just scared. One, they're scared because maybe someone won't like their authentic self. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if, yeah, you put yourself out there and then, and you don't put such, you know, heavy pressures on again, easier said than done, that I think you can really find not just your next career and home a home right technically yeah um then you can really find something that you just rock you know and yes. i think that's yeah it becomes really brilliant and become really happy and, and all of those things it's just you gotta let it live let it lie exactly a hundred percent a hundred percent i like that it's really hard all right guys well we're coming up on time ah, you ready you want to hit them oh. with the broke to bust too yeah it goes yeah, so know. fast I'll be I'll be redundant um, to what I just said, but I'll add a little bit more flavor to it around, you know, just being there's something really powerful about being yourself and sharing your your beliefs and being transparent with people. You find out who your you, you find out who your matches are. You find out who that 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 puzzle piece that comes together. And I don't mean you find somebody that is identical to you. You find, you find I, I always use the analogy of the puzzle pieces. When I put a team together, I look for, you know, I play to people's strengths and I look for people that can help mm -hmm. overlap the opportunities that other people have. And that's how you build a team. And so in order for that to happen, you have to rely on people to be their authentic selves. And so, you know, whether you're looking for a job, whether you're looking for uh, a spouse, whether you're looking for a friend, if you just share what's in your mind and what's in your heart and be yourself, you're going to find those, those puzzle pieces are going to connect and they're going to connect really well. And, and so, you know, I've just, I've tried to live my life that way. And, you know, when I find myself maybe moving away from who I am, I, I, I try, you, you got to catch yourself and you have to yeah. course correct because it's so easy to, Oh, you know, I want to, hang out with this group or, or ooh, that employer. Wow. That job looks amazing, but that's not, that doesn't fit my DNA. And so I have to, I have to remember that, you know, I can't get caught up in the, 
the shiny new toy or, you know, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not going to bring out the best part of me. And so, you know, just be yourself and let things happen organically. And, you know, as, as impatient as we can be, you know, you have to bake in some patience. And yeah, it comes with journaling as Great well. Advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> journal, 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 people. Because <laughs> it's hard. Gosh, Michael, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. Um, of course, I have to uh, off air have to attack just the, the sorcerer DNA inside you because I'm so curious on that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll bring you on again. Uh, for, for sure. Listeners. Would love, would but, love uh, to come on again. But thank you. I mean, this is just going to help, you know, um, and again, it's not even just to help with layoffs. It's just again, yeah. how you overcome adversity with things out of your control is such a heavy subject mm-hmm. for so many different people. And it's so relatable in so many different ways. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for thank having you so me. much. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Bye. See you next Tuesday.